This episode is brought to you by Peak, the blockchain for real-world applications and home of DPN. If you think it's time for Web3 to get real, check out their website at peak.network. That's P-E-A-Q.network. All right. Hello, everyone. Daniel from DPN Hub over here. And today we're interviewing Jesse from a project called Nosana. Nosana is actually building the biggest, most badass decentralized computing network with GPUs. They actually released the testnet like a few days ago and it's been super interesting. Uh, I'm actually being part of that as well. It's been like a nice journey to see everything that they're building. Thank you so much for joining the, the podcast today. I'm really happy to have you here. And to get started, could you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background and why Nosana? Thanks. Uh, thanks very much for having me. I'm really excited to, to join you on the podcast. I'll start with a quick introduction on, on my own background. So I've, uh, I'm an engineer at heart, so I've been programming most of my life. Uh, I studied artificial intelligence in university. Um, I've been like playing around with Bitcoin and Ethereum for, for quite a while, um, just for fun. Um, so I'm like really from the, yeah, my, my interest in, in Web3 and blockchain really comes from the technical side. Um, after university, I started uh, with a few co-founders a Web3 project called Effect Network, which was about creating data sets for artificial intelligence. This was like about eight years ago. And since then, I've done a lot of work on different blockchains, mainly like developing staking protocols, uh, creating a lot of open source uh, software. I'm really passionate about open source and decentralization. These are really my driving driving forces. As a software developer, one of the main pains I've felt over the years, especially creating Web3 software and like DeFi systems and all these decentralized cool products that we're building together. One of the main pain points I'm experiencing myself was that we still have to rely on these big decentralized hosting providers to run our stuff, right? We're building these products that anyone can use permissionless, but we still go to AWS and you know sign up with our credit card and pay for the server space to run things. It's, it's wrong. It doesn't fit the story, right? I think the like 70% of the internet is is run by only three companies. Like the internet includes Web3, Web2, like all of it. It's, it's basically run by three companies, being Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Um, so I think that's something we have to we have to solve, and that's also where Nosana was born out of. What we wanted to do was create. And back then we had a slightly different value proposition than we have now, which I'll go in uh, in more depth a bit later. But we were basically going to create a decentralized cloud computer so people could do software automation uh, in a decentralized way. We were specifically focusing on CI/CD, which is like the automation where developers basically compile, build, and deploy um, their software. It's being done on a massive scale by developers. Um, but yeah, the main the main thing that, that I'm focused on and also why we founded Nosana is decentralization. Uh, to give you a quick intro as well on, on Nosana so people know what we do. Uh, Nosana is uh, powering the AI revolution by making GPUs more accessible and affordable for everyone. So GPUs, um, I think people will know uh, what, what it is, but like they're basically the lifeblood for artificial intelligence. It's a piece of hardware that is required to either train, fine tune, or do inference uh, of AI models. And at the moment, there is this huge increase in demand for artificial intelligence. Like once ChatGPT got released about a year ago, there has been this explosion of demand for running AI all across the industry at consumers, but also in, in business. And there is just not enough good GPU hardware available in cloud infrastructure today to, to basically fulfill the demand. That's why things are getting extremely expensive or really hard for companies to get access to the right GPUs. 
And this is what Nasana is solving by creating a decentralized marketplace, um, which we allow anyone that owns a GPU, this can be gamers or miners or people with like high-end hardware at home, they can connect that to Nosana, get a decentralized, uh, creating a decentralized grid and people can access this in a, in a decentralized manner, like the deep end for GPUs. That's, that's awesome. And thanks so much for, for the intro. Uh, <clears throat> one question, like personal question, why, what does the name Nosana mean? Or where it comes from? Good question. So um, there's a bit of history behind it. Um, like over the last maybe four or five years, I was working on this open source software project called, uh, I called it Nostromo. It was like a, just a generic automation sort of software thing I was playing around with. And like when we started thinking about Nosana, me and, and the co-founder of Nosana, uh, Shur Dijkstra, he's a really experienced DevOps engineer and he has a lot of experience creating pipelines for software automation. Um, we sort of follow and let's try to make a decentralized version for this so we can basically uh, compete with AWS and the other big providers of software automation. And we decided to build this on Solana. Um, around two years ago, we pitched it to the Solana team and they gave us a grant to build it out further. Uh, which, and like the, the core software was already called Nostromo and we wanted to sort of find a more attractive name than that. So we sort of merged this together. So it's Solana and Nostromo became Nosana, and that's the origin oh, of the name that makes <laughs> for sense. the project. Nice, nice. Uh, that's that's amazing. Okay, th that's explained because I was trying to like having a hard time trying to understand what does the name come from. Uh, so it has a lot to do with, Nosana, with Solana, I mean, uh, which is a yeah. very interesting blockchain. There's a lot of deep in projects building on top of that. How was the process of, of course, choosing them, uh, working with them for the grant? And how has it been deploying and building on top of Solana? Because for as far as I know, you guys are doing everything on the blockchain, right? Like you are one of those projects that I really like to see. They're trying to do as much as possible on chain. How has the, the learning curve and the, the process of actually building on top of Solana? It's been really good. Like we, we really enjoy building on Solana. They've developed themselves also over the years, like to become the deep in platform. So a lot of deep in projects are moving to or building on top of Solana. There's various reasons, right? First of all, it's like the transaction speed is, is excellent and, and very affordable, uh, which is so important for deep in. But also from a technology perspective, it's just a very nice environment to build on. You can do a lot of things on chain that you just cannot do in different in different platforms without having to create very complicated off-chain scaling and, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we've just generally really enjoyed um, building on it. Of course, Solana is the smart contracts in the blockchain itself are written in Rust. So our engineers had to do some learning, me, myself, and, and my co-founder, Shurt, he also, uh, like, we, we became uh, <laughs> quite uh, experts in Rust. Uh, but the, the, the general development environment was excellent. So all our engineers right now are also really happy with where we're building on top of. Um, I think Solana has had a few issues with scalability over the years, but it actually made it way more robust right now, like local fee markets, uptime, general speed it's just it's just a, a fantastic blockchain to build on and you're absolutely right for us one of the core values is to maintain complete decentralization in the project like i believe that if you do not at least you know aim to achieve that in the long term then it doesn't really make sense to to build on web3 technology like the decentralization and empowerment of end users is is what it's all about for us so we do try to make almost everything completely on chain and if we don't do it now, then 
we at least have in our planning to decentralize the, those parts uh, as soon as possible, as soon as it's like, uh, yeah, doable from a scaling perspective. Yeah. But overall, we're, we're very happy to, uh, to, to be part of the Solana ecosystem. Nice. Yeah, no, I can see like actually having all this information on chain makes it very, very easy for other people to try to build on top of Nosana, right? I don't need to be asking too many questions for the team. I can just actually look at the blockchain, look at how things are working, look at the documentation. That's something that was very re relatable to Helium as well. When they have their own layer one, everything was open source. To build the hotspot the way that we did in the beginning, we actually did a lot of reverse engineering co uh, code to understand how things were working and try to make it visualizable. Um, but the code at the time was in Erlang, so that wasn't as fun as uh, Rust or any other language, but <laughs> in the end, we, we managed to do that. One question that I wanted to ask is, building like a decentralized project is quite complicated. I, I mentioned a lot Helium because that's the project that we spent most of the time in the past three years, and we could see how complex was the process to actually go from, I don't know, 1,000 to 4,000 devices to 1 million devices in a decentralized world, right? What are the challenges that you guys had in the past? How we overcame these challenges for the decentralized GPU? And do you have any idea of some of the challenges that you're gonna have as you scale? That's a great example with Helium, I would say. I think it's, if you wanna scale to the numbers you just mentioned, it's really important you allow people to build on top of your product, like on top of a protocol, right? Like Hotspotty is building on top of, of what Helium is offering. I think that's a beautiful system and definitely something we would also like to achieve on the long run. Of course, we're, we're still like in an earlier phase. So the problems we've uh, experienced so far with setting up the GPU grid are, are mainly the basic, the fundamentals, which are extremely important. Like the fundamentals are like the tokenomics, the staking protocols, the The, the basic architecture for, for spinning up a node and the communication layers and all of that, like the, the fundamentals are what we've set up so far. And like one of the major challenges we're, we're finding is that you have to make the right decisions early on, that, that's important. And like you need to sort of grow slowly at, at, as well. So we're at the moment we're doing test for it, which means that we're experimenting the, like we're basically putting all the fundamentals to the test. We start with making sure people can run nodes so we can have supply on the network. After that, we're going to make sure people can actually run workloads on the right GPUs. And after that, we're going to take like a, a, like a long uh, phase where we trial the tokenomics model for payments of GPU compute. Like we know that one of the most in, in, like difficult things often in these GPU marketplaces is finding the right pricing model for GPUs. People do not want to rely too much on the token, which is very volatile, and they want to have more stable ways to, to purchase compute. So we have a few models engineered for that that we also have to put to the test. But I would say that the hardest part is setting up a network from scratch. You have to collect all these puzzle pieces, put them together, and, and put them to the test. So um, yeah, that's, that's the phase we're in right now. Uh, for the future, like you said, I think scalability is what it's all about. Like we're What DeepIn is about is not like getting, you know, we're not a cloud provider that buys this huge city size cloud infrastructure somewhere in, in, in Norway or something and, and starts building a, a massive product, right? We're, we're building a community of people that, that have to come on board and build on top of a decentralized protocol um, to achieve a similar skill. That's the goal that we're doing. So for us, the future will definitely, the complicated part will be like maintaining that community, keeping everyone 
aligned with the right incentives, getting getting talented people to build on top of the Nosana protocol um, and make sure that we create this facility of, of services that people need to use GPUs. Nice. Yeah, I think you guys are on the right path. Uh, it, it's definitely building a deep in project. Definitely not easy, right? Because you know, there's so many moving parts, so many more uh, comparisons. Like you yourself, like you're a very experienced software developer. But then once you add the complexity of deep in with the hardware, with blockchain, and everything together, uh, it's a very, very complicated puzzle. But uh, I'm sure that with a lot of a lot of hard work, it, it can be done. Right? It was proven before, uh, and I'm sure you guys are gonna manage. It's been very interesting to see the growth of the project as well, and then. Uh, the test net and everything, I think, is going to be uh, super interesting next like month to two to years, right? Peak is a layer one blockchain designed to power DPINs. Why do DPINs choose to build on Peak? It's fast, scalable, low cost offer builders are ready to deploy DPIN SDK and it's multi chain. So when you build on Peak, you're building for all Web3. Peak is home for the fastest growing DPIN projects, with more than 100,000 vehicles and devices deployed, over a dozen DPINs already building, and the world leading device manufacturers such as Boss partner with them. Think of building a DPIN? Peak has a grand program for DPIN builders. If you're listening to this, remember you're early. The Peak Network will launch in the first half of 2024. Check out Peak's channels for more details and links in the podcast description. Shifting a little bit on the, the question on the from the supply side, actually running the GPUs to the demand side, which is using the network, right? How do you guys see, uh, what are the main use cases that you can see for actually uh, using the Nosana network as a user, not as a supply? And um, what do you guys think to offer? And do you have an ETA for that? I think this, the user side is definitely the most important side uh, for, for, for this platform because the GPUs are out there and, and people are eager to connect them. There's also a, a big demand for GPUs, but this demand is really new. Like it's, it's, it's basically like ChatGPT only, is only a year old. And after that moment, the, the, the industry took a massive leap forward in all kinds of models that they're, that they're running. So all of this is still solidifying the dust is settling and um we're currently figuring out like there's so many different groups of demand on the gpu side that we're figuring out what's the best fit for our network of course in, in the start we're going to focus uh, on like a, a certain group that's that's sort of easy to onboard so we can get get quick growth on the on the demand side we're currently talking to some universities and researchers that that are running more experimental type um models because that they they really embrace open source and we can basically build bridges between the open source frameworks that are used today to the Nasana GPU grid. We have a SDK for this and we call these pieces of software connectors. So we're going to launch like a, a bunch of connectors um, like early on next year where we integrate uh, a lot of different GPU backends for the existing machine learning frameworks. So you can think about the Python ecosystem, like the main frameworks that are being used there, like two Python notebooks, SpecPy, Nosana GPUs. That's sort of the generic um, like uh, pool of use users for for the Nosana grid. At the same time, we're really focused on AI inference. So there is like this massive diversity of models right now that are being launched, open source even, for artificial intelligence. There's like Llama, which is like the large language models, uh, like ChatGPT, but then open source. There is stable diffusion for image generation. There's Whisper for speech to text. And there's there's all these, and all of these models have like a ton of variety. So all of them can be quantized. All of them can be sort of 
run with different amount of weights that can fit on different carts. And all of that has different performance uh, metrics as well. So what Nasana really tries to do is, is get a, like a, an index of these models and pick, a few, pick like a few that are commonly used on a large scale and making sure we can connect that to the right GPUs. Um, one of our core values is that we allow a lot of consumer grade GPUs on the network so we can really balance, for example, even some older cards that are quite cheap to run with some of the not so big models, which are also very popular because it's, it's so economic to, to, to do like a lighter model um, if that already serves the purpose that you need it for. Um, so yeah, making a market matching like the variety of algorithms with the variety of GPUs is also something like that that makes us unique compared to I think what's currently happening in this space. Perfect. Yeah, and that's really cool because I, I can imagine if I'm running like a very simple model, I can you can just like shift that that processing to like a lower end GPU that you have on the on the on, on the network, right? And if you have something more complicated, you can go for the the four, 4090s or the A uh, 100 or other like more beefy GPUs, right? Did you guys think about other things than other than AI? Like, for example, I can just imagine from from my past in, in university that people were using like some small server rooms for processing, I don't know, weather weather data or some like physics calculations and and like a lot of people doing PhD, they have usually access to like small data centers in the universities. You mentioned universities, that's why I'm thinking it could be interesting as well to have some sort of plugin for MATLAB or some other Python. Uh, plugins that could be interesting i don't know if you guys ever thought about that definitely yeah yeah so we're we're, we're going to work on a few of those plugins especially as as these are great groups of people to work with they're experimental they're like on the frontier of ai development so you can having like working together with with researchers and universities is, is going to be a pretty important part of our growth uh in the beginning um so yeah, that's, that's a great, great thing. And like you said, so what's happening now a lot, for example, there's, there's, if you look at large language models, there's the really big ones, like the chat GPTs, sort of like, or the 130 billion parameter, like Mistra models or something. They're huge, right? But what a lot of companies need is only a subset of that. So if, if like the big model, the big Mistra model is maybe an expert in everything, right? It knows all of Wikipedia, all the recipes and all the programming language, it knows everything uh, on earth. But maybe you only need a, an AI that, that, that's really good at, at cooking recipes, right? It can tell you exactly which ingredients you need and, and what the instructions to bake a recipe. So what companies do is they actually train a smaller model using the bigger model. And then you end up with a way more efficient, like it only has maybe 7 billion weights instead of 130 billion, but it's as good as, as, as the big model when it comes to that specific task. And it will cost like a fraction of the cost to run. You could actually run that on a consumer GPU. So. We're, we're also seeing that trend coming up and, and we're really aiming for providing that service, like having that perfect match between model and GPU available. Nice, nice. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, how, let's say, you, where I'm seeing a lot of other, not a lot of, I, I've seen a few other de decentralized GPU projects out there in the DPN ecosystem. Um, how do you guys usually think about it? How do you differentiate yourself from the other projects out there? True, there's, there's way more... Uh, projects coming uh, into this into this market of providing GPUs, um, it makes sense because there is like, it's it's such a big demand right now, and and this market is growing so rapidly that um, that that there will be a lot of need for these marketplaces. I really believe that there's not going to be one marketplace that takes it all. I, I think that also goes a bit against the Web three spirit where we're 
like way more collaborative and there's way more focus on coexisting and creating valuable networks than sort of killing competition. I think that that's, that's not in the heart of the Web3 spirit. And like all the current providers all have sort of a different niche that they focus on and different groups of users that they attract. One thing Asana really is about is, is like we're the people's network for GPUs. So anyone with a GPU will be welcome to join our network. That's, that's sort of our mission. We're really focused on easy onboarding and we're hoping to actually also get laptop GPUs uh, on our network, like MacBooks with, with the newer cards in them, like these types of devices, we would love to create a place for them to be used. Of course, this is further out in the future. It's not what we focus on right this minute, but that's sort of what we're tr trying to achieve. Um, if you look at other marketplaces, they often offer a, a focus on bigger chips like the A100s, uh, which are like the, the huge data center grade chips, um, or they like focus more on specific chips used to, useful for computer rendering or gaming, which have all kinds of different characteristics. So on the supply side, we kind of focus more on this niche of consumer hardware, like a bit older devices that can be really efficient for doing inference of, of smaller models. Um, when it comes to the demand side, we also like we're, we're extremely specialized on that AI inference part that I mentioned before. So matching a specific model to a specific card, that's that's something that we're, that we're trying to be the best at. And that's, I think, a focus that not none of the other current marketplaces have either. But yeah, like I said, I do believe in like a like and I think it's also more healthy to have a broad, you know, spectrum of providers of GPUs and a broad demand that's already creating and I think there's going to be a lot of coexistence in this space for different providers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I talk a little, I talk a lot actually about that because there's so many, the, the opportunities in Deepin are so broad that you could have multiple projects doing similar things that there's enough market for everyone. I think com competing also is a healthy thing, you know, like it can push you forward. And, but in the end, I think everybody can win in this market because there's so much opportunity and we're just getting started. Like you said, ChatGPT came out like last November. It's, it's crazy to see how much the world has changed since then. Right. So it's, we're very, very early. There's a lot of things to be built and a lot of things that's going to happen in the next, let's say five years on that end. One thing, one question that I had for you is like, could you explain a little bit more on the nerdy side? How does the Nosana like scalability distribution of jobs work uh, on the GPU processing network? Yeah, I would love to. So on the on a technical level, we're doing a lot on chain. We have on the Solana blockchain a stack of smart contracts. They're all open source, so they're they're free for like you can clone them and and uh, inspect them. But on a like on a more in depth level, we have I think a concept called markets, compute markets. These are basically describing a, a certain type of compute job. So a certain AI algorithm will have its own market on the Nosana chain, and it specifies like the requirements needed to run jobs in that market. And it specifies the reward people will earn per second for doing computations there. And then nodes basically get matched to markets. So when nodes register, we, we, we collect their, their specifications and they get on chain, they get matched to the right market. Um, Inside each market, there's a queuing system. So there will be a queue of jobs that gets filled up in the Solana smart contract that is. Um, so if people post jobs, the, the, the queue gets filled up on the, on, the, on the job side. On the node side, there's also a queue. So we have like, um, um, yeah, each node that, that joins the market gets to the end of the queue. So there is some, like, there's an honest way to work through who came on the market first. And when there is like, 
there's there's jobs on the market and notes in the market then it's like a like a market order uh, basically where you get assigned immediately and then the job gets performed by that node and we have loads of these markets so there's going to be like for every algorithm uh, that we support there will be a market we'll have different markets for nodes that are like kyc or that are uh, like enterprise grade and there will be different markets for nodes that are just new to the system um, that are maybe less reliable because we couldn't uh, like give them they don't have any history of performance indicators yet. Um, so they will be a bit cheaper for different use cases as well. Nice. Um, but that's kind of the technical layout of, of how the network works. Okay, so basically in the most basic level is like a FIFO, like a FIFO, first in, first out in terms of like a stack, right? Like the first job that comes in is the first job that gets out. And then you can split that into the market section. I think that, I think that's very, exactly. very interesting. And then also the longer your your hardware has been in the network. It also has some sort of sort of seniority, right? Like, because uh, then you can prove yourself throughout the months that okay, this hardware has been online for the past that's I don't know five months uh, without any problem. So it's much more trustworthy than the project uh, hardware that just joined the network uh, like two days ago. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more on the reputation side. So we we have some statistical analysis. We see like which notes have been. Uh, doing good good work, like have, have proper like performance metrics, like they didn't take too long off for doing inference. They were like online a lot. They didn't like abandon any jobs that got assigned to them. That's an important measure for us. Nice. And they, they will get like, they will get bubbled up. So they will have access to higher markets that are better paying jobs or that are more reliable. Yeah, no, talk, talking about the payments, let's bring, let's touch a little bit about the tokenomics. Uh, can you explain the tokenomics behind it, how it works with the NOS token? Yeah, so in, in essence, the tokenomics are quite simple. They are basically, NOS tokens are used as the payment on, on market. So to create a job, you pay a NOS, this NOS gets, uh, NOS gets paid to the, to the, to the nodes. That's the current setup. We're actually working on, on like, a, a, like some extra mechanics here to make the price more stable. Like I said before, making a stable rate for, for compute is, is, is really important. And uh, these cryptographic tokens tend to be very fluctuating in value. So uh, we're working on uh, like a few layers on top to, to buffer that out. But in essence, that's what's happening. An important additional part to the tokenomics is that nodes have to stake tokens in order to, to join higher paying markets. Uh, this is not yet part of the current test grid, but in the next test grid, this will be implemented where you have to stake tokens in order to join, you will get access to higher paying jobs. But if you, for example, like turn down your computer during a computation, you would get slashed. So you basically have to compensate the payer for the job for uh, for having delayed their, their work. That's sort of the tokenomic model that's in play there. Of course, we're going to make this fair. And one of the of the like important features of our network is that it's very easy to come and leave. So if you're just, you know, you have your laptop open or your, your desktop is on and you don't use it for a few minutes, you can, for a few hours, you can basically run Osana and it will do some jobs and two hours later you can leave again. So we will always allow for that behavior. But when you commit to running something for like say 10 to 20 minutes, you have to actually finish it or else you get slashed. Nice. That is the one other core tokenomic we, we have. Yeah, the tokenomics seems very understandable, right? Like, uh, and then it makes a lot of sense. I, I like this idea of like staking for making sure that you can do the work that you promised that you're going to do, right? And then you get rewarded by that. 
I'm very excited for this, uh, for when it took economics, actually for the staking in order to validate the, the production of the data that you're doing your, with your GPU is going to go live. Right now you have staking enabled, right? Uh, but it's just for a staking, for the sake of staking for some APY. Is that you guys, are you guys yeah. testing it to, to the next system or it's always going to have a, the option to stake as well? Yeah, we're going to have the option to stake. The staking is already implemented on the technical level. We just haven't activated it yet in test grip, but you can already stake. So if you want to be a node in the future, you need to have stake. It's exactly the same staking system that's right now being, that's right now used. And the API will also be there. Later on, we're going to have a system where you actually delegate stake to, to compute providers uh, as, a, as a staker. So that way, you, like if you have a lot of tokens, but someone else has a GPU that maybe doesn't have a lot of tokens or just doesn't, is not into the Nasana network that deep yet, there is a way to match the demand with the stake and still uh, be a provider on the network. Nice. It's, it's been so, it, this is so cool to hear. I've, uh, whatever you said about the staking, the, the token mechanism, Looks like you're getting a lot of things that I hear from deeping projects or even DeFi projects, L1, L2 protocols, and englobing everything into the Nosana protocol. And I think it's going to work very well. It looks very, very interesting. I'm excited to see how this is going to evolve. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to share with the listeners or of the podcast or what's coming soon, what's coming next, next five years, or anything that you'd like to share? Yes, so I already explained a little bit about the test grid, but like we definitely would love anyone with a GPU to join. The first phase has started already, but it's going to be uh, only for a few more, like for a total of a month, and then we will allow way more GPUs to onboard. So if you register now, you will secure a spot for the future test grids. Uh, we also support older, older models of GPUs. So if you just register, you will receive an email at some point and you can join the network. So um, that's one. Also, like we would love any AI developers to join our community because we will have a lot of GPUs available and we're looking for all the use cases um, that people have right now um, to match it with our with our marketplace. So of course we have a Discord channel; anyone can join there. Um, but yeah, we would we would love to uh, uh, to hear what people are working on in the future. Like the test grid is going on for a little while, so after the after this first test grid, we will have maybe a few thousand GPUs connected in the next year. And then we're looking to, to get like the mainnet release of our product uh, done around the summer. Uh, so then, then it will be like open for everyone uh, on a larger scale to, to run workloads. Um, so exciting times and we're making big steps forward. Like uh, test grid only went live at the beginning of the week, but we've seen like a massive uh, amount of registrations. We've seen a lot of good feedback. So we're definitely on, on high pace and, and making big progress uh, at the moment. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Summer is almost here, you know, like time when you're building on product, time flies super quickly, I can imagine. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to, to be following as you guys progress. Uh, thanks so much, Jesse, for your time and for joining the Deep in Hub podcast. I hope to have you again very soon to bring the new updates of Nosana, everything that's happening. And for you guys, don't forget to check nosana.io for their website and deepinhub.io for our website. Uh, subscribe and make sure that you do like a thumbs up and all the liking and all the things that you need to do uh, to follow us on your social media and YouTube and for Spotify, etc. Thanks so much and have a great day, everyone. And See you in the next episode. Thanks, Jesse, again. Have a good one. Thanks, Daniel. My pleasure.